<laughs> Happy New Year to all. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Had a wonderful trip to, to the Philippines. And uh, I just want to thank uh, everyone who kept us in prayer. This must have been the most powerful trip I've ever taken to the Philippines in 28 years. It was so exceptional what the Lord did, and many of which is very sensitive things that I cannot show. Yeah, uh, there was also, uh, uh, we did very, very, very ministry this, on this trip from the, from the small town in the province to the, to the capital to this very interesting meeting where we're supposed to do a, a small house meeting in a lady's house, a socialite's house. And then the response was so overwhelming, we had to. Uh, kind of in the last minute, expand it and move it to a clubhouse. And 200 of people came, and many of whom are uh, socialites. You know, I mean, these are people God love too, right? And want to reach out to the, the, the generals, the politicians, the congressmen, the religious leaders, the celebrities, and all that that came. And, and the Lord just really moved. It's so powerfully that, that uh, uh, I myself am stunned. I know it's just, it's really the work of God. And I've been back now two weeks and I'm still receiving the feedback reports, how shaken they were, the diseases that were healed that I, we did not know at the meeting. Now it's coming back because they go to the, to the medical checkup and all that. And, and uh, it's still reverberating back and forth in, the, in that circle right now. So we know that God has, is doing something really special in the grouping in a very, very special way. We also had a, some, a, a really powerful pastor's uh, meeting in the South, uh, in the South and, uh, and uh, 300 of our leaders came together. We had a glorious time. So um, this time, many, many very moving testimony uh, that, that we can't show because of the, by virtue of their position and status and, and all that. And uh, but I'll, show, uh, I'll share with the intercessors actually who have been keeping us in prayer. Yeah, so I want to thank those who have kept us in prayer. Uh, it's a glorious year up ahead of us. I know that it's going to be a year of the suddenlies. You know, remember, who were here at the first service when I preached about the message, a prophetic message about this year. I preached about how this year will be the year of the suddenlies and how there'll be so uh, uh, surprising changes and twists of events politically, economically, uh, many, many things are happening around the world and how God wants us to be, uh, to a- allow Him to position us rightly so that, so that when the suddenlies take place, we, we, we are blessed by it. We do not crash underneath it, you know. And uh, I wonder if, you, if anyone took note of this that I mentioned in that service, if you can refer back to the recording. I said, I sense that this year there'll be some... Uh, how to phrase it? I said there'll be some unusual economic turns, you know, that 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 will actually signal or bec- or, or they are precursors of actually the transfer of wealth that will take place. I wonder who who remember that. You know, I mentioned that just in a passing manner, because I saw upheaval, I saw economic upheaval that will take place. That's quite surprising. Anyway, uh, so that was uh, at the first service. I just feel like I need to follow up in this service. I want to follow up on on that message on a related theme about financial turbulence. Uh, Last week, after I I came back from the Philippines, I started to have this theme stirring on my heart about financial turbulence, about... about, uh, 
how they are the precursor to the transfer of wealth in the end times. Do you know the Bible has multiple prophecies about how uh, in the last days before the return of Jesus, God is going to so sovereignly move wealth. From the Bible says from the hands of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. And, and for what reason? And when will it take place? How will it take place? Actually, there are many passages on the Bible talking about that. So uh, last Tuesday uh, was our uh, staff devotion, the first one after I came back from the Philippines. And uh, it was on the 21st of February at the staff devotion. I shared a short exhortation on this topic, on, on uh, what, how I sense that there is a turbulence coming and, that, uh, uh, and about the, the concept of the transfer of wealth. You know. That was Tuesday. And you know what happened on Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, uh, the Dow plunged uh, 500 over, over, over points. It was the biggest plunge in a long, long time. In fact, it's the biggest loss. Can you put it up? Yeah. The biggest loss of this year now, and it, con it concludes the worst week since 2011. That's significant. Yeah? That's seven years of, of uh, the movement of Dow, the index, all right, the American market. And so it was quite a shocker because no one saw it coming. Well, it was a suddenly. <laughs> it was a suddenly. So uh, this, this was the news that came out just only three days ago. That was Wednesday, the day after I was talking to the staff about this, like there will be such sudden shift and it will, they are precursor, they are signals of... of of the transfer of wealth that will take place is part of the big shaking that I have preached about multiple times, you know. So I today for this service, I just really, really feel compelled to to uh, to share about this. I, I want us to understand the concept of what is a transfer of wealth prophetically, uh, what God says about it in the Bible, how it will take place in the last days, and and I want to show us how it's already. We're beginning to see the sign of it, so don't be surprised by it, by the suddenlies, and, and how God, what is God's good intention in the midst of all this? How God wants you to steward what He wants to put in your hands to be stewarded, to be managed for His purpose and glory. Amen? Amen. Yeah, so uh, with that, let us pray. Father, we just want to commit this time to your hands. We, we, we thank you, God, that you have, you have a beautiful plan for your people, especially in these last days, Lord. You want us to be stewards, Lord, of kingdom resources for the emergence of your kingdom on earth, to reveal the glory of the King. So, Lord, we thank you that today you will speak to us individually, speak to us, Lord, uh, in such a way that we can be empowered by you, empowered by your, by your light and revelation, and that we, 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 can, we can be equipped to be used by you, Lord, for your divine purpose for such a time as this. We thank you, we praise you, in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. I want to start with this thought from the Bible uh, um, that in the scripture, if you read in the book of uh, um, Genesis, that Egypt being shaken for the deliverance of the Israelites from slavery is a prophetic picture of the end time shaking that God will use to free His people from financial bondage into liberty, into financial liberty to be able to serve Him. Uh, this is one of the, the, the prophetic picture of their journey. I say one of the picture because it is, there are multiple uh, uh, layers to this prophetic picture. All right? And one of the picture, prophetic picture, we call it a typology in the Bible, is that they signify, their experiences actually signify uh, our experiences in the last days. 
And I will show you from the scripture that it says so. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, in the New Testament, it says, uh, Paul says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, talking to believers, that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. This is obviously talking about the Israelites, their experience being delivered out of Egypt, uh, going through the wilderness, entering into uh, Canaan finally. Their whole journey and experience really serve as a warning and instruction for us, especially living in such a time. All right, Because it goes on to say in the scripture in verse 11, now these things happened to them as an example and they were written for our instruction. So who is the our referred to here in the scripture? Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take heed that he does not fall. Oh, so these instructions are especially, I mean, they serve for eternal purposes. They serve for, for the, the teaching and instruction of God's people through the ages. But the Bible actually specifically say, especially for the generation upon the end has come up has come and, and, and for the purpose that they will not fall that if you take heed from the instruction uh, that, can, that can be derived from their experiences uh, you will be able to stand strong in, in such a time as this so I want to begin with this scripture to show us that, that this prophetic picture of the experiences of the Israelites coming out of Egypt is actually very powerful it, is, it serves powerful lesson and wisdom and instruction for us, especially in such a time and generation. All right? and, and today, I want to zoom in especially on the aspect of the financial uh, uh, deliverance of the people of, of Israel. You, you, we all know, we all know that, um, we, so with this, we understand right now that Israel in Egypt is a picture of like the church is, that is in the world right now. We are in the world, but we are not of the world, right? Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We don't belong to, to the world. Just like Israel was in uh, Egypt, but they do not belong to Egypt. It was for a time and a season, and God wanted, and God, it came a time when God would want to deliver them out of the system of, the, of, of Egypt. So Israel, Israel went to Egypt at a time where they had to avoid a famine, and you know what? In Egypt, God prospered them. God prospered them. Likewise, uh, uh, that's why Joseph, with his people, his clans coming in there after, after him, um, they prospered in the land of Egypt. Likewise, as a whole, Christians today have thrived in the world. We have thrived. We have been prospered by God. Uh, actually, even in our country here, statistically, statistically uh, Christians actually is exceptionally blessed, all right? Let's put it this way. Uh, economically, education-wise, economic uh, uh, strength-wise, uh, it is true statistically in our nation and in many nations of the world. In China, for, where I have been a missionary for many years, I know, for example, in China, uh, Wenzhou, you know, which is one of the, in fact, it is the first province that embraced the gospel in a big way. Who know of Wenzhou? Anybody heard of Wenzhou? Today, Wenzhou is one of the most prosperous, if not the most prosperous uh, of all areas uh, in, in terms of their economic performance. Wenzhou produced some of the greatest, brightest, most brilliant businessmen uh, in China, for those of you who know. Most, a lot of businesses, even though they are based in Shanghai now, all over the place, they are actually owned by Wenzhou people. And I, I see this clearly as the blessing of the Lord. 
in Wenzhou is where you find the oldest church, uh, the, the church with the longest history. They were the first to embrace the gospel and it prospered them. So today, Wenzhou is the most Christianized city of all of China. Uh, some of the town are like 90 over percent born again, some 80 over percent born again, you know, albeit many are traditional, you know, and, and I'm not sure how vibrant is their personal walk today. All right, so, but, but there is a, a definitely a, a, a marked difference in their economic strength, all right, of these people. Yeah. So Christians today have prospered in the world in many ways. But it came a time when, when God wanted to deliver them out of Egypt. There came a time where they had to be decoupled from their system. And I want us to, to realize that we also have arrived at that time. It came a time of shaking when uh, God wanted to, to deliver them out, to separate them out unto His own purposes. All right? Likewise, right now, I believe it's the time that God is wanting to do that with the people of God, with His people. God is wanting to deliver us, separate us, decouple us uh, from this Babylonian system that we are in. You know, at this uh, uh, at that signify the end of the church age. God is calling us out of our Egypt, out of this Babylonian system that we are in. Like them, you know, um, they came to a point where, you know, Israelites, although they prospered, they came to a point where they started to come under bondage of the new Pharaoh that rose up that did not favor them. And the, that the, the Pharaoh that rose up after uh, 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 the father, actually now wanted to oppress Israel, wanted to bring Israel into deep bondage, which happened, all right? Uh, today, we too are experiencing that in a strangely parallel way, prophetically. So today, there's a new Pharaoh in the land. And what is our modern-day Pharaoh? The new world order. The, the globalist agenda. Um, uh, I can't go into too much detail here, but, but it's an it's a agenda, it's a power uh, uh, that is, that is anti-Christ. You know, a power that is seeking to want to bring uh, a, a Christian into bondage, you know, to oppress uh, the people of God. It is, you know, and right now, uh, as it is right now, actually, Many people, including Christians, are already under bondage in this system. In, in fact, so many are so steep in the world system, they really can't obey God to be extricated from it. Today, there are many Christians who are so trapped in the system, they can't serve God. They can't live for the purposes of God in their life. You know, they, 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 they will always have a one day, one day I'll do so, but now I have to make a living. You know, they are so trapped in the system that they cannot obey God for His purposes. It's true. So Egypt, so God, when God started to move upon Egypt to deliver them, Egypt was shaken by plagues. The shaking was actually in the beginning not a judgment unto wrath, unto death, but unto repentance. Let me explain. God's demand out of Pharaoh at that point was just simply let my people go. You know, it wasn't to bring judgment or death. You know, it was let my people go. It was a, it was a shaking to, to bring about repentance, actually. So, but time and again, we know from the Scripture that Pharaoh refused to repent, refused to cooperate with God's purposes, refused to let God's people go. Then ultimately, God sends judgment that is unto death, that happens at the Red Sea. 
That was the, you know, uh, the initial shakings, however, were actually for their repentance, but the last one was for their death and judgment. It's parallel to what's going to happen you know, in the way forward from here. The children of Israel were delivered, however, from death, though. They didn't experience a death bit because today, in Christ, we have been saved from the wrath of God. Amen? You understand? So there's such a, a, a close parallel to what is happening right now prophetically. So that's why I say it's a prophetic picture. God delivered the children of Israel through the, through the blood of the Passover lamb. Likewise, we are delivered by the blood of Jesus. You know, today, God is going to do something so awesome among His people to decouple His people from a system that has brought many of His people into bondage. Do not be frightened for, of the things that is coming upon the world in the days ahead because I, I want us to see in the Scripture that God is doing something glorious. If you do not understand God's plan, you can actually be given over to fear. But if you understand His plan and learn to, to navigate by His leading, you are, going to, you are going to do very well. You're going to, to, ex, to excel. You're going to prosper in this system unto His glory and purpose. So note that all the shaking in, in Egypt actually were for the deliverance of God's people. The, all the shaking actually was to deliver God's people, to be decoupled from the Babylonian system unto divine prosperity to fulfill the purposes of God. This is this is a statement I want to make as I launch out onto this journey together with us today to understand this, all right? That's why if you, if you go back to study the Bible, I really want to challenge you, you know, uh, to, to read their experiences too, their journey, the journey that the Israelites took from Egypt out, you know, and finally uh, uh, entering into Canaan, you know, it's really a powerful typology, powerful. It's powerful. It gives us powerful lessons about our life, especially, especially relevant to the times that we live in now. All right. So let, let, let us consider this uh, uh, one incident, for example, which I've mentioned uh, a couple of times before. In the plagues that come upon uh, Israel, uh, that, come up, that came upon Egypt with Israel in their midst, you know there were 10 plagues, right? Yeah, I just want to give one example. I, I, I like to give this example of how at the seventh plague, when, the, when, when hailstones were about to come down upon all of Egypt, God already warned, warned the, the, people, uh, the people to keep their livestock away. Uh, told the, His people, keep the livestock away because I'm going to send hailstone. People, men and animal, your assets basically, shelter them away. And then the hailstone came. Now the hailstone came and just destroyed all who were not under shelter, men and, men and livestock, across the whole Egypt. Can you imagine how, how, how devastating that was? But the Bible says that the people of God were saved. God already warned them. And so it's a, that itself is a picture of the transfer of wealth because all their assets were sheltered away while the assets of the, of the unbelievers were utterly decimated, destroyed. So can you imagine what is the price of beef two weeks after that? You know? And who are the ones owning, owning those stocks? You know? The people of God. It's a, it itself a, a picture of the transfer of wealth. How God causes the asset of His people to be protected and even to rise in great value, great value, you know, while that of the world were destroyed. All right, so this, this is a powerful picture of the transfer of wealth. 
and, and it, it tells us that in such a time as this, we really need to hear God and take instruction from Him. You know, and these are the, the lesson points I, I want to make and I want to reinforce. So, and, but I also want us to notice that by this seventh plague, because it's already seventh plague, everybody says seven. That means it's not the first one. It's happened so many times now that by now there is a pattern so clear that the people of the world, the Egyptians, knew that the Israelites were a blessed people. So by the, by the time it came to the seventh plague, now there are also Egyptians that are following the Israelites. Whatever they do, you know, just follow, just copy what the Israelites do. And so when the Israelites started keeping their livestock, Egyptians also do that now. By now they know that they have God in their midst. They somehow have advanced intel, market intel, and they know what to do with their assets. You know? And the Bible says that there were the Egyptians that copied them, and they too experienced divine protection to their assets. So, so I want us to look at the scripture together. Exodus 9.20, those among the Pharaoh's officials who feared the word of the Lord, now they also fear the word of the Lord. And these are Egyptians, yeah? And, and, and they make their servants and livestock flee to shelters. So it's a picture of how in this in this uh, turbulence to come, not only God is going to protect you or give you instruction how to invest, how to shelter your assets, God will make you a testimony to His reality and love. That the people around you can see that you are, you are not normal. <laughs> you are extraordinary. That you just know things. You know, and, and your God is real and your God is good and, and they, they want to be in on it. Alright, can I hear him, eh? So, so you are going to be used of God to be able to show the world around you that you are blessed. And you are blessed not because of your intelligence. You are blessed because God is the one leading you, guiding you, instructing you, even with your financial affair. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Do you agree? Because agreement is powerful, huh? <laughs> Bible says, when two shall agree upon anything, it shall be done huh, by our Father in heaven. Let us agree that in these days ahead, not only we could hear God, take instruction, invest wisely, you know, and our, our assets will increase in value while the world go down, that God will use us as a blessing, as a testimony to the people around us, such that they will come to fear the word of the Lord. They will come to know God is God in our midst. Amen. Amen. And this, this was what happened. Those there were there were Egyptians that also heard, also believed, and they enjoyed blessing and wealth preservation because of the people of God. And I want us to agree on this. That in the days to come, God will make us a blessing to the world around us. And and you will notice also in the midst of all the shaking, the people of God, they were protected in the midst of all the shaking. Of all the plagues. They were protected. And, and they were not harmed. Actually, I want to put in an extra note out of, outside of this. Actually, if you notice, all the reluctance of uh, Pharaoh to let, the, let them go, do you know why? Do you know why he was reluctant? And plague after plague, he was still hardening his heart. He didn't want to let them go. Actually, the whole fight was a money fight. Because by the, until the very end of the ninth plague, you know, the, the Pharaoh still... Basically, you know, by the time he was so, you know, shaken already, and yet he still did not want to let them go, and he finally made an offer. He wanted to negotiate with them. He says, I tell you what, I tell you what, 
Cheat lah, cheat lah, look kia lah. You know, you go but leave your flock behind. In fact, they can even take the children, you know. Leave your wealth behind, basically. So, can, so you can see that the whole fight was really a financial battle. And I tell you, in this turbulence in the days ahead, there will be such financial battles. And the en- because the enemy knows, just like the Pharaoh knew, if they could capture their treasure and their wealth in Egypt, you know, their heart is still here, wherever they go. And likewise, the enemy knows, if he can hold your wealth, he can hold your treasure, you know, and your heart will be captured by him. You understand? So it's a money fight. Really, it's a money fight. It's a, money is a spiritual matter. All right? So in, in all this shaking, God's protection on His people was so obvious. And uh, we want to understand, uh, we want to learn a powerful principle from this. All right? Look at the scripture in Exodus 8, 23. But on that day, uh, it says, On that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen, where my people are living, so that no swarms of flies will be there, in order that you may know that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the land. I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign will occur. All right, so this was God's instruction to, to Pharaoh through Moses. And notice this, why, why were the people not harmed in all their plagues? There's, some, there's something really powerful to learn here. God's protection of His people is a sign to the world. Let's look at the scripture again. <clears throat> I will put a division between my people. That's Moses declaring to Pharaoh in the name of God. Huh? I will put the division between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign will occur. God's protection on His people is a sign to the world. What is the implication? God's protection of you, of your asset of your interest in the, in the days to come will be so obvious, it is a sign to the world that you have God. It will, it will be irrefutable. People around you looking at your life will know you have God. And your God is real, your God is good, your God is all-powerful. He's the one in, in control of world events. And they will be so convinced that your God is the one true God. Amen. Amen. That is a sign. God's protection is His testimony and sign to the rest of the world that God is in their midst. And, may, may, and, and, and I, I pray that that will be our testimony in our life in the days forward, that, that God's protection on our life is His sign that glorifies Him in and through our life. Amen. His protection, His hand upon us, His presence in our midst. And so we know, and how did they experience this of having God uh, uh, to be their protection? It's found in the scripture too. It's the place called Goshen. And Goshen in Hebrews means, in verse 26 it says, the only place it didn't hail was in the land of Goshen where the Israelites were. And Goshen actually means in Hebrew, draw near. So what do you think it means? You know, that the safe place to be in all of these plagues and shaking and turbulence is a place that's called draw near. Draw near to who? Draw near to God. Yeah. And God wants us to know that in this, uh, in this shaking, if you just draw near to Him, if you just draw near to Him, you are in Goshen. 
you know, you do not have to fear. All in all the turbulence and shaking, God wants you to know His hand is upon you. He will personally lead you, guide you, protect you, preserve you, and He will prosper you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And so this is, this is uh, uh, the key theme of what I want us to catch today in this, uh, in this uh, uh, session together. There's going to come a great shaking. In fact, it has started to rumble already, more than started to rumble. All right, I want to summarize in this, in this first section here. There's coming a great shaking. In this great shaking, God's going to decouple His people from the system. The system right now, this system that, that we have, been, have gotten so used to and many of us have prospered in it, actually is a system with much injustice. Much injustice, inequality, uh, uh, un, uh, unjust measure, the, the, uh, the Bible says, you know, of the system. All right, where, where a few has much and the overwhelming majority has near nothing. You know, it is, it is a system that, that grieves God, actually. Uh, we call it a Babylonian system. There's a great shaking, and God's wanting to decouple His people from the Babylonian system. And three, you know, God's people are going to experience supernatural protection and blessing. This is what the Bible is revealing. And in the midst of this, God is, is causing His kingdom to emerge on earth. So obviously emerging on earth through His people. And the emergence of His kingdom is a testimony to the world of God's reality and goodness, leading to the salvation of many. This is the, this is the, the essence of what, what I want to share with us today. All right? And in, in the... It, as, as I go on, I'll show you the principle of the transfer of wealth. There is this principle in the Bible consistently from the Old Testament to the New Testament and how it will take place. Jesus himself actually intimated about this. All right, we want to understand you know, that in these days ahead, the safe place to be is, shout the name, Goshen. And Goshen means draw near. Draw near to God. That's why I kept saying you know, that the only way to live life in this hour is a life of intimacy with God, allowing Him to lead us and guide us. Amen? The safe place to be is Goshen. Now, Jesus Himself declares something here, which I want us uh, to see in, the, in Matthew chapter 24. I want to share with you the principle of the transfer of wealth. Jesus says, The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. We know that at the end, there will be the emergence of God's kingdom. As the people of God declare it, they are going to demonstrate it. it the people, the, the world is going to not just hear about it, they will witness it because it will, be a, it will be a testimony. We don't just talk about it, we live it, we display it. God's kingdom. God is preparing His people right now to be able to display His kingdom. And, and His kingdom comes with great, great amount of resources. And it's meant for the harvest of souls the grandest harvest of soul in the history of man. And you know what? A grand harvest requires great resources. A great work requires great resources. And the shaking has already begun for the emergence of this kingdom that Jesus talked about. All right? And I've gone through this scripture before with us. You know, we won't read all of it. You know. Hebrews 12, verse 26, 28, talks about this emergence of this kingdom. How there's this mighty shaking in, uh, towards the end that actually God is the one behind the shaking. And the shaking is to reveal those things that are not of God. It says in the scripture that yet once more, I will shake not only the earth but also the heaven. And 
it will bring about the removal, the removal of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. So God's going to expose a lot of things that are not of Him, things that are unjust, things that are, that are, that are uh, grievous to Him in His sight. You know? and, and all this is to bring about a transfer of the kingdom. It says here, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So in the midst of all this shaking, everything that's not of God is going to be exposed. That which will remain is that which is of His kingdom. That's why all this shaking will bring about the emergence of God's kingdom. And, and His people are to steward His kingdom in this hour. In this shaking, God, in this shaking, now listen carefully, in this shaking, God not only will enrich His people, God will impoverish the wicked. It is said in the Scripture over and over again, this is the end time transfer of wealth that I'm referring to. And it's going to take place. Whether you believe or not, like it or not, it's going to take place. And God is going to cause about such a movement, massive movement of wealth into the hands of the righteous. And for what purpose? We will look at the scripture together. Okay? Now, let's, let's examine a few scriptures together. This is a, the, the principle of the transfer of wealth. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 22, it says, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. But the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Oh, so a sinner's wealth is stored up, stored up, stored up. Reveals a process that sinners are actually working very hard, you know, for you right now, you know. They're busy storing up, busy gathering, busy doing a lot of work for you now. You better be thankful to them. All right, why? Because it's going to be transferred to you. This is what the scripture declares over and over again. All right, why? Why? Let's, let's look at, let's realize God's heartbeat about this transfer. All right, Proverbs 28 8 says, Some people get rich by overcharging others. These are the dishonest people. But their wealth will be given to those who are kind to the poor. Oh, so God, God will be moving wealth from the dishonest people, you know, and, and move them to those people that will reveal God's compassion, kindness, mercy. So there's a purpose to this, to this movement of wealth. You must catch this. We are not talking about, oh, transfer of wealth so that we can all oh, be so rich, you know. There is a purpose. And we want to discover the purpose that is on God's heart regarding this movement of wealth. All right, let's look at another scripture together. We are examining the principles of this transfer of wealth that Bible intimates about, Bible prophesies about, you know, that will happen especially towards the end of the age, the end of the church age. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26 says, For to the man who is pleasing in his sight, he gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, or oh, sinner got work to do, to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and accumulating in order to give to the one who is pleasing in God's sight. I hope even if there's no other reason to be pleasing to God's sight, you know, this will motivate you a little bit. You know? <laughs> yes, and it's a Bible principle. God wants to move wealth to the people who will reveal His character, His, 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 his love, His compassion. So I want you to be so convinced by today's session that, wow, God wants to move wealth towards the end of the age. God is going to cause such a massive transfer of resources to those who will reveal Him to, to our generation. Amen? 
Amen. So don't be grieved when you see evil people doing like seemingly very well. You know, that drug law, that, 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 that uh, corrupt official, whatever, you know, and just know they are working for you right now. <laughs> working very hard. You see the, 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 the mafia chief go by in a big black Mercedes, just nudge a friend standing beside you on the road waiting for a bus or whatever. Just say, hey, hey, that's my servant there. You know, they just went by. Yeah, yeah. He's just working very hard at the moment. You know, God is making them work for you. Amen? Very hard. They are working for you. And as we draw near to the, to the return of our Lord Jesus, I want us to be aware of the fact that God is going to move well from the ungodly people uh, to, to His people, whom He called the righteous. Are you all righteous? We're righteous in, in, because of the blood of Jesus. And, and God's going to move the wealth to us so that it can be used to reveal His kingdom to the poor to bless the down and out, to reach the lost and the dying. That's God's intention. And, those, and so God is preparing the heart of His people. He's preparing his heart, the heart of His people to be ready. God will bring about such an unprecedented transfer of wealth from the hand of the wicked to that of the righteous. That is the end time transfer of wealth that, that I'm talking about. And this is very consistent in many, many scriptures in the Bible. Look at the book of Haggai with me in chapter 2, verse 6 to 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says, In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the desired of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. And then he goes on to say, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former, says the Lord Almighty. It's a prophetic scripture that speaks of Solomon's temple, but it's really a type of the end time church. And God said, I will fill my house with glory. And he reminds us, the silver belongs to me. The gold belongs to me. The wealth of the world belongs to me. And, it's, and the transfer of wealth reveals the glory of the kingdom. So it's going to take place. And, and, and God wants you to know that this is what He consistently have talked about, consistently have done from the Old Testament to the New, and especially to the end of the church age. So I'm going to show you quickly, quickly, all right, a, a few biblical examples of the transfers of wealth in the Bible, actually more than a few, all right. We cannot use all of them. There are numerous biblical accounts of God moving wealth out of the hands of the world and into the hands of His people. For example, all right, very quickly, Joseph in Egypt. All right, so the scripture references are there. Uh, note it, and I encourage you when you go back to read, read about it. Joseph, at a, at a time when he was premier over uh, uh, Egypt, we know, we know that through the seven years of great prosperity, God already gave him instruction to store up. And then it was followed by seven years of great famine, right? And during the seven years of great famine, the wealth of the world were transferred they were all transferred to, to, to Egypt under the, the rule, under the management of Joseph. Why? Because they were the only ones that hold the food supply. It was so strategic the way God did it, you know. And not only the wealth were moved to them, the wealth were moved to Joseph for his management so that many can be saved from starvation, from death. So know that this is the heartbeat of the transfer of the wealth. It's, it's for the salvation of many. 
Alright, so this is a very clear example of the transfer of wealth. Now consider the other one, Israel in its exodus from Egypt. Alright, the references are there. Before, uh, well, we know that after the ten plagues from God, the Egyptians basically just transferred their wealth to the Israelites, just get rid of them. Okay, go, 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 please. Take, take, take this along with you. you know, the night before they moved out of uh, Egypt, the Bible records that they, they, they gave them their gold, their silver, even their clothes. You know, uh, uh, and said, okay, go, just, just go. And God was actually causing them to get back every, all their years of slavery, all the bad debts, all that which the Egyptian owed them for hundreds of years of slavery. Now, overnight, Overnight, that's how, how supernatural it was. They did not have to fight for it. Overnight, God caused the tr transfer to take place and they took all that wealth and they left Egypt. Then when they left Egypt and they went, went into the wilderness, they were like, hey, how to use this? Huh? There's no McDonald's, you know, no, no, no Canton Paradise. And, and, and they went, after a while, they realized it's for building the tabernacle. That's why when, when Moses called for gold, for silver, you know, what he needed for the tabernacle, they gave and they gave and they gave so much. When Moses actually have, oh, that's a good problem. Lord, may I, we have this problem too. You know, when God have the, uh, Moses have the tabernacle, stop, stop, too much, too much. We don't need so much, you know. It shows that they, they came to a point that they knew all this was for the building of God's house. You understand? So it, it Catch this principle here. It will bless you. It will give you the right heart to be able to be positioned for His suddenly, His sudden transfer. Because you must know it's for His purpose. You must know it's for revealing the kingdom. You must know it's for demonstrating God's compassion and, and mercy in an hour that needs to see that. Amen? Amen. So Israel in its exodus from Egypt, you, we see them that supernatural transfer overnight. Without, without a sword and a, and a spear and an arrow, they, they did not fight for it. God caused it to happen. Now, another example of this supernatural transfer of wealth took place in 2 Kings 7, where we note Samaria were under siege by the, uh, the Syrian army, and four lepers were stuck in between the city and the, and the, and the encircling of the enemy, and they were they were hungry, they were dying of hunger, and they were like, they cannot go into the city because they were unclean. They could not go to the enemy for they might be killed. So they were there being so hungry to the point where they say, oh, well, we're going to die here anyway. Might as well just take a chance. Let's go to the enemy's camp perhaps and we can find some food. And God caused a sound of a mighty army to just freak them out. Freaked out the Aramean, who are the Syrians, you know, the Syrian army. They heard a mighty sound. It's a supernatural intervention of God. It scared them. They flee you know, immediately and left behind everything. And the four lepers went there, oh, they ate and they, they felt so bad. They said, this is, we cannot, don't tell the rest. The rest are, having, are practicing cannibalism by that point. They were eating human flesh, you know. And, and they said, this is a day of good news. We should tell the rest. And, and, and when they informed the city, Samaria, they rushed out. It took them days to collect what the Syrians left behind. The Syrians left behind much, much, much supply for them. And so the whole uh, economic depression, inflation, whatever you call it, with one donkey's head was sold for 80 pieces of silver. You know, it's an unclean meat to begin with. But it was so expensive because of starvation and cannibalism. And you know what? The whole problem disappeared overnight. 
because God caused a mighty and supernatural transfer of wealth. I want you to see this and realize that, wow, when God moves, it is possible. It is possible. And it's happened multiple times, multiple times. Another incident was Judah's deliverance from the combined armies of the three nations. Combined army of three nations came against Judah and, and uh, uh, this is found in Second Chronicles 20. Go read it when you go home. Jehoshaphat, you know, was, 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 was so, was so uh, at his wit's end. What do we do? What do we do? We're going to be annihilated. And, and then he, he, he did something so powerful. He said, let us worship God. Let us just worship Him and trust Him. And when they turned their trust to God and worship Him, he, they took instruction from God what to do. Basically, it's worship. Can you imagine a war where you send a worship team out in front and they go out with their hands raised? Hands raised, I thought in our signal, it's called surrender, you know? Surrender. What kind of strategy is that? They send out their worshippers and you know what? God fought their battle. As His people worship Him, God supernaturally caused the armies that have come against, uh, uh, against uh, Judah to fight one another, destroyed one another. It took Judah three days to move the spoils. Three days to collect back. So much, so much. And, and, and that was a supernatural transfer of wealth. Lastly, I want to use the example of King Solomon. By the time it came to King Solomon's reign, they have accumulated so much gold that Bible records that silver was not even counted. Silver was like, Tao, Batu, it was so much, they kick it around. They, they don't even regard it as treasure. Can you imagine how rich they were? Now, that's the transfer of wealth. And so today, I want us to realize that, wow, it's happened consistently throughout the ages. And, and God specifically said, I will bring such, an, such a transfer towards the end. So I want to bring us, you know, to see that the transfer of wealth is really for the harvest of souls. I want, I want to bring us right now to Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60 also talk about a transfer. All right, there's so many scriptures that talk about this transfer. Uh, and you know it's a prophetic scripture about the end. All right, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness covers the earth and total darkness the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you and His glory, again, it's about His glory, His glory will appear over you. How does His glory appear over us? And for this purpose, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your radiance. So what is it that will cause God's glory to be so obvious that the nations will be drawn? Kings will come. It says this in verse 4, Raise your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from far away for the reconciliation of his lost children back to him. Your daughters will be carried on the hip. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will tremble and rejoice because the riches of the sea will become yours and the wealth of the nations will come to you. Wow, it will be of such, of such wealth that it reveals His glory. It, re, it demonstrates His kingdom. In His kingdom, there is no lack. Not only in His kingdom, there is no lack. His kingdom has such a prosperity and abundance that it's like shocking to the world. And God will do it, He says. In, in verse 11, it says, Your gates will always be open. 
you know, Israel in this scripture symbolized the end time church. Your gates will always be open. They will never be shut day or night so that the wealth of the nations will be brought to you with their kings being led in procession. That means demonic powers are bound. The wealth move, you know, and, 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 the, and the intention of God is that the gate, the door of the church will always be open. It's a picture of a how. It's a picture of how a church that is engaged and with the world and relevant to the world and reaching out very effectively as we bring people into the house because of God's empowerment, God's provision that causes us to be able to do the work with excellence and effectiveness. So I wanted you to catch that. It's for this purpose. The it is the transfer of wealth is for the harvest of souls. Remember that, and when you catch that, wow, like I, I, like I like to say, you know, when your heart is no longer moved by money, God will use you to move money. And you move money for His purpose. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I pray that we will all come to that place of stewardship, you know, the place of stewardship. And, and, it, it, and let's look at, this is, we're still in Isaiah chapter 16. Now look at 17. I will bring gold instead of bronze. I will bring silver instead of... It's still in the concept of prosperity, you know. There will be such an upgrade in every area of your life. Where there's bronze, he will give, replace it with gold. Where there is iron, he replaces it with silver. Where there's, where there's uh, 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 wood, he replaces it with bronze. Where there's stone, he will give you iron instead. It's, it's upgrading in every sphere of our life, every area of our life, He wants to prosper you so that you can be in the place of financial freedom to serve His purpose. Wow. Who would like that? Financial freedom to serve God's purpose. I prayed for that when I was in, uh, uh, before I came into the ministry, I, I, was, uh, I owned my own business and I prayed. I said, God, two things I ask of you. Give me time freedom and financial freedom so that I can serve you. And for years, I was serving God actively, actively, uh, not on staff, but having a very, very blessed business. And God gave me time freedom, God gave me financial freedom to be able to serve. And, and I want you to join your faith with me for that. Time freedom, financial freedom to serve God with. Amen? Amen? That God will upgrade you in every area of your life, you know, so that you, are, you come to that place of, of having no care of, of survival, but that you can, you're free to be able to dream kingdom dreams, dream God-sized kind of dreams, where God can, can, can use you to be an impact to our generation for His glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Isaiah 61, 6 says, but you will be called the Lord's priest. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of the nations and you will boast in their riches. What does it mean? That means the priests and ministers will be the ones enjoying, stewarding, and administering the wealth. And it refers to those who are serving. You know, those who are part of this kingdom work. You know, the priests, the ministers. You know, God say, uh, you will be the one enjoying it. You will be the one administering my resources for my purposes. Hallelujah. So keep giving, keep serving. You know, know that the time has come upon us in this generation to be made stewards. Isaiah 66 verse 12. 66 verse 12 says, For this is what the Lord says, I will make peace flow to her, to, eat, to Israel, you know, like a river and the wealth of nations, like a flood. How many times you talk about this transfer? By now we have, I think, gone through our 14 scriptures, 16 scriptures. So 
over and over again, God said, I want to move wealth, I want to move wealth, I want to move wealth into the hands of the righteous so that they can reveal my glory, they can show my compassion, they can demonstrate my mercy. And so if you catch God's heart in this, you know what? You are made trustable. You are made trustable to be able to handle it. In fact, in fact the Bible also talks about the judgment against the wicked rich, specifically about the end times about the end times. In the book of James, chapter 5, it says here, come now, you rich people, weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth, oh, it's about wealth. Your wealth is ruined and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your silver and gold are corroded. You know, I know that gold and silver don't corrode. So that it is something supernatural that will take place that will cause their wealth to dissipate away. It is a transfer of wealth. It says your silver and gold are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You stored up treasure in the last days. Oh, so this is a specific message about the last days, about how wealth and gold and silver in the hands of the wicked rich will actually disappear from them. Why? So if it disappears from them, where are they meant to appear? <laughs> when are they meant to appear? And this is specifically about the last days, you know. So where should it go to? Verse 4, Look, the pay that you withheld from the workers who reap your fields cries out, and the cry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived luxuriously on the land and have indulged yourselves. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. So what God is saying is, they are supposed to be in the hand of the workers and harvesters. So you know the, 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 the sim symbolism here. The wealth is meant to finance the harvest. And so God considered these people in the last days who hoarded their wealth for self-indulgence. Self God said it's wicked. It is, it's, a, it's a wickedness in his eyes, you know, because the wealth, especially towards the end, is meant for the workers and harvesters to do the work of, of harvesting, of bringing in the harvest, of reaping the harvest. Wow. And God considered those who, who, who deprived the workers and harvesters and hoarded it for their self-indulgence, this the Lord called the wicked rich towards the end. And God said it will dissipate from them supernaturally. Gold, silver could corrode. You know, if the clothes could be eaten away. And verse 7, it says, Therefore, brothers, be patient. Now the, the letter turned towards God's people. Talking to the brethren now. Brethren, be patient until the Lord's coming. So you know it's very sure it's about the Lord's coming. This scripture about this, this strange disappearing of gold and silver from the wicked rich and then it's meant for the harvesters and the workers as, is especially at the time period before the Lord's coming, right? I mean, it's, it's clear. And it says here, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts because the Lord's coming is near. So the Lord's word for us is, we are the farmers. We, we must not be disheartened in sowing. Can I hear an amen? We, we must be patient. You know, the Lord says there is coming a time where everything you sow will bring about your supernatural harvest. God is in the working. 
Not just God is in the working, the wicked are in the working. They're working very hard right now, working furiously hard for you. <laughs> so God say, oh gang, you know, don't be afraid. Patient, patient. Some people are like, God, I've been serving, I've been sowing for years. You know, God, what have I seen? And God is saying, don't worry, be patient. I know what I'm doing. And I will time everything towards the coming of my son. And you will be a good steward for me. So in this hour, you know, God is saying, you know, be generous with the workers and the harvesters. Know that the wealth is not to be hoarded for self Indulgence. So don't be caught in this hour in selfishness, in self-indulgence. You know, don't use your wealth to oppress others. Instead, you know, be a blessing. Or right? and to this is to the world and to believers. God say, be patient. You keep sowing. You keep serving, because there's a time lapse between sowing and harvest time. Don't you think so? There's a time lapse. Farmers know that. So God say, be patient. You will not return void. You just keep sowing. You know. And by the way, don't sow only when you have a need. Some people are like, oh, when they have a need. Oh, okay, okay now, now they want to sow. There's a time lapse. You know? <laughs> by the time it's growing, you are starved. You know? Yeah, God is saying, you sow, you sow, you sow now. Because there will come a time at your point of need, all of God's provision is there. So I've said this before. A lot of times when God put resources in our hand, it's not, for, it's not meant for eating. The seeds that he gives to the sower is, is, is for sowing. The Bible says that, you know. He's the one who gives seeds to the sower to sow and bread for food, right? So seed to sow and bread for food that you may bring about the harvest of righteousness. Oh, so the harvest, the multiplied measure after you sow, that's the true provision. So, you, so the first tranche, the first batch of seed that God puts on your hand is not for eating, it's for sowing. It is the multiplied return that is God's provision. And it's a rich provision. Amen? So in this hour, uh, uh, I feel like God is wanting to recession-proof us. God is wanting us not to be fearful in all the shaking. Know, know that God, God will lead you in a way uh, to go. God will teach you how to invest. God will shelter your asset. God will cause you to prosper, not only for your delight, not only for your provision, which is part of God's intention, but, but it's, it's for the salvation of the world and for the revealing of the King's glory through your life. Amen? He assures us that when we sow the seed, He will send the rain. He is the one that will bring about the harvest that He promised. So keep sowing, keep serving, because He's coming back soon. Amen? So, are you ready for the transfer of wealth? <laughs> I'd like you to stand. Right, I'm not finished, I will we'll continue another session, but, you know, I, 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 will, I wish to do, you know, about end time Joseph, you know, there's a generation of end time Joseph that God is raising up with that wisdom to be able to manage vast resources uh, for kingdom's purpose, for, for, for the salvation of many. You know, we'll leave that to another time. Yeah. But right now, I want you to join your faith with me. Very specific, because agreement is power, you see. So if you don't know what to agree with me about, it's not powerful, then no point we pray. But I want you to, to agree with me on several things. One, that you will hear God's voice in the way you manage your finances. You know, like what uh, 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 Ken just mentioned just now. We're going to agree with for that that God will give us such clear leading how to manage our finances. I tell money is a big issue, yeah? I say that again. I told you just now, the pharaohs fought them all the way to the end, and then it's revealed. It's all about their flock. 
okay, you can go, leave your flock behind. The fight is over wealth. Because the devil knows if he controls your wealth, he controls you. And so it is a spiritual... It's the, I, I said this before many times. Amen. It's, it's the musician way of saying amen. All right. There's a fight and it's going to be very intense. But we're going to agree that God will empower us, lead us so clearly we will not make financial mistakes in these last days. We will steward it in such a way that it will multiply, 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 not only for our provision, but for the salvation of many. Amen? We want to agree on this. We want to agree, we want to agree that, that God will remove the wrong motives from our heart. Greed, self-indulgence and all that, that God will remove this from our heart. Now, now I just feel led to say this. I really feel the, the Lord saying this now. Some of you are actually fearful about wealth. I know, I just heard him say this. Some of you are actually fearful about wealth. And, and you, you, you think, no, no, I'm not the kind that can manage. And that is wrong. That is wrong. I do. God said, no. Then you are navigating by fear, not by faith. And fear will never lead you in the plans of God. It will always lead you into the trap of the enemy. So, for you, ask God, take away the fear about wealth. Some of you think that we talk about wealth, oh, there is greed, and I don't want to be greedy. No, Bible does not say the love of money, the, the, that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Amen? Amen. So for you who have actually have the fear that money will bring you into greed and all that, I tell you, it, that itself is a lie that the enemy uses to keep you in poverty so that you cannot steward well for the kingdom. So for you who have that fear, you've got to talk to God right now and say, take away this fear from me. Give me the faith to be able to manage wealth and to manage it in a way that glorifies you, okay? Yeah, we want to agree upon all of this. We want to agree for God's supernatural wealth protection over our household, over our resources, that the, the canker worm, the locust cannot eat, that the enemy, the devourer cannot touch our wealth. This is God's intention. Because you will see in the days ahead, gold and silver will corrode away from the hands of the wicked. It will, like, it will stun them. How could this be? How come their wealth could disappear overnight? And God's people are not supposed to be experiencing that. It's, it's, it's the wicked rich will experience that. So let us agree for supernatural wealth protection, supernatural wealth preservation, and supernatural wealth multiplication. Yeah, and that we will be faithful to hear God about the way we manage wealth. Someone said before, and which I totally agree, that one of the best ways to learn how to hear God is to ask God about money. Who to give, what to sow, and all that. If you can hear God and be faithful in that, you can hear God's voice. But it's one of those things that, that really hits at the core of your heart, of your sense of security, safety. Is it on God or on money? The the moment when you can actually trust God more than what you're seeing with your eyes in your bank account, you can really be used of God to move wealth. That's why I say when money no longer moves your heart, God can use you to move money. Alright, and we're going to pray about that. Alright, we're going to pray about that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we, we come to you as a family. We thank you for your prophetic word. We thank you for showing us that, that you intend to use your people to steward resources for your glory, Lord. Not just for our own welfare, 
and enjoyment, which is part of your heart, in your heartbeat. But you want us to manage well in such a way that many will be blessed through us. And that many may come to the knowledge of your grace, your love, your salvation. So Father, right now, I join my faith with the faith of all my brothers and sisters right now who are in this house and who are listening on this message. I join my faith with all my brethren that Lord, in the days ahead, you will teach us to hear your voice with regards to money, with regards to finances, with regards to investment, where to park our wealth, where to sow, how to give, how we might reap. Lord, teach us all over again how we can be good managers, Lord, how we can steward kingdom resources. Because you say in your word, if we cannot handle worldly wealth, you can't trust us with true riches. And so today, we boldly ask you for the wisdom as well as the grace to be able to handle your true riches for us, Lord. Thank you, God. And Lord, right now, we ask of you, remove from our hearts fear about wealth, unbelief about divine prosperity. Lord, religious thoughts that may actually make us think that money is the root of evil when actually it's the love of money. So Lord, ungodly beliefs in us that actually impedes us from becoming good stewards. Would you Lord right now expose them and remove them from your people? In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, today, today Lord, equip us. Equip us to be trustable vessel. Equip us to be able stewards, Lord, of kingdom resources, of money that must be managed and used, Lord, for your divine purposes. Equip and empower us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes, Lord. Lord, I, I, in Jesus' name, I bind the devourer from the enemy that's eating up your people's wealth. In Jesus' name, I rebuke the devourer to go from God's people. They cannot steal. They cannot, they cannot rob God's people of their God-given resources and wealth in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I speak over every family represented here. Those families, they have been damaged by the enemy, stolen from by the enemy, cheated, scammed, or whatever way that wealth and money has been deprived of them in an unrighteous manner. Lord, today we speak restoration. Restoration. Restoration to God's people. Restoration. Restoration to God's people. Supernatural restoration to God's people right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let us just, just hold for a moment. Let the Spirit of God speak to you. I think there's some transaction God is wanting to do with some of us here. He's showing you what are the things that are holding you back or, or hindering you from, from the prosperity that He wants to give you. If He's showing you something, would you just, just talk to Him right now? I just feel like to do this. Just talk to Him and say, Lord, I repent of this ungodly belief. Or, or Lord, I forgive that person who has stolen from me or cheated me. Would you just clear all these things? All these things will hold you back will rob you they are what the enemy uses to, to rob you of God's provision so whatever the Holy Spirit is showing you that may be your locust and your canker worm that is eating away your wealth would you just just surrender to God right now right now 
in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And there are some of you here right now, the Lord showed me, there are some of you here, you, you have always been lacking in faith to be able to steward greater measure of wealth. And God today is speaking to you and say, you must believe me that my wisdom, my grace is sufficient for you to be able to steward greater resources. So for you who are limiting him by your unbelief, would you also repent? Repent, talk to him now and say, Lord, today I, 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 I repent of my unbelief I, and I'm going to believe you for the grace that I am able, I'm able to be stewarding greater amount of, of, of wealth in Jesus' name. Because God does want to do that. He does want to do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow, thank you, Lord, for setting us free. Thank you, Lord, for setting your people free to be able to steward wealth, Lord, in these last days for your purpose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Talk to Him now. Just take a moment. Just talk to Him. Thank you, Lord. Tell Him what's on your heart with regards to wealth. Yeah? Don't be bound by ungodly belief. Ask Him for greater faith, greater capacity to be able to handle greater amount of wealth and resources. Boldly ask Him for that. And some really need to ask for financial wisdom. And yet the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him come to me and I will give him wisdom freely, holding back nothing. Ask Him for wisdom. Ask Him for the grace. Some need to boldly ask Him for breakthrough. You've been stuck at a certain level of stewardship and God does want you to go up higher. And for you, God wants you to boldly ask Him for upgrade. Bronze become gold, iron become silver. You know, just ask Him, boldly ask Him to prosper you and make you a good steward. Amen? Just talk to Him. The Father wants to do so much to, to reveal His kingdom to you and through you. He's, he, the Father delights to give His kingdom to His children. Jesus says that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the days ahead, we thank you, Lord, for breakthrough, financial breakthrough, financial breakthrough among your people in a marked way, Lord, in a supernatural way, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Make us good stewards, Lord, good stewards, brave stewards, courageous stewards, stewards of true riches, Lord, for your glory. In the name of Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Let's just thank Him by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are coming. 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 Just over the last week alone, several people from among our midst have come to me. I'm so shocked by the, by the blessing that have come. And just over the last few days. I mean, blessing hundreds of times beyond what they have ever seen or managed. It's just over the last one week alone, several have called me and said, so, so suddenly, I said, I told you it's going to be suddenly, you know. I said, I don't know how to manage. It's so huge. It's so huge, you know. I said, well, let's pray. God's grace is sufficient for you to manage what He wants you to steward. So I want you to expect good this year. Expect breakthrough, okay? Will you do that? And when it happens, you will be good steward in the name of Jesus. Come, let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. You have been listening to a Petra Church recording. We hope that you have been blessed. 
For more information and resources, visit us at Petra.sg.